Today on Meta Hour in the Metaverse, we'll be talking mostly about branding and advertising and how you can position yourself to be successful in exposing your brand across different Metaverse platforms. And we'll also be discussing briefly again what the term Metaverse means and how it differs from a Metaverse platform. And today's Meta Hour cocktail is the Irish Meta Coffee for these cold Meta Hour afternoons. So stick around and join me for another episode of Meta Hour in the Metaverse. Welcome back to another episode of Meta Hour in the Metaverse, a weekly podcast covering news and events surrounding the metaverse, crypto, entertainment, and more. And of course, always ending with a Meta Hour cocktail you can make for your next Meta Hour. It has been another busy week with metaverse news. I didn't really intend to always cover metaverse news. I thought I would add some crypto and entertainment in there, but every week and every day, there seems to be something new popping up uh, to be expected. Some of it's a bit fluffy, some of it's real, um, but I thought I would cover some of the top news stories of this week, including some that happened just today and yesterday. First up is a little shout out to Bill Gates. He's not exactly driving the force in technology advancement, but He is probably one of the most important people in technology. Um, He had a blog post kind of wrapping up the end of the year, and he referenced his beliefs that in a relatively short time, we will be meeting not on two-dimensional Zoom meetings, which drive me bananas, but in a virtual 3D space with avatars, which are controlled by our facial movements. I have to admit, as corny as this sounds, I would jump to use an avatar version of me versus having to be on a real-life Zoom meeting. Video chat, as we all know, is so mentally tiring, so much so that I don't even turn my camera on for most meetings anymore, especially with outside vendors. And people I do work with, I've just given up. I don't need to see them. They don't need to see me. I'd rather let my eyes have a little bit of a rest. If there was an avatar version of me that could be used, even if it wasn't the best quality, I would totally promote using it. Um, And I'm pretty sure others would jump on the bandwagon uh, to get around some of this Zoom mental fatigue. Next is Universal Music Group has partnered with Genies to develop avatars and digital wearable NFTs for Universal's music artists. So Universal is getting the jump on the metaverse wearables and no doubt licensing dollars, where Genies, who touts themselves as the largest avatar tech company, will design and deploy the NFT wearables for Universal. This means there's going to be a lot of licensing dollars to tie into music artists who can sell basically swag to their consumers um, through the NFT marketplace. Third on our list today is Facebook, aka Meta, has opened its Horizon Worlds beta program to anyone 18 and older. Previously, Horizon Worlds was a very small invite-only beta program but now it's opened up to everyone. I think they're trying to quickly get some um, market share in the metaverse world. Horizon is Facebook's virtual reality avatar builder, where users can create a legless avatar of themselves to explore the VR world through the Oculus headset. I don't really get the legless thing. It's a bit weird. Um, Check out the pics online to see what I mean. I don't understand why they can't have legs. They're just kind of floating around in this world, but perhaps we'll see some legs later. There was a marriage in the metaverse. I don't think there's really much news here, but a couple got married in the Verabella virtual world. 
Rubella was created to offer solutions to improve collaboration, and I guess that extends to marriages, which are the ultimate collaboration. Metaverse marriages and even video chat marriage ceremonies aren't actually legal yet, but they did it, and kudos to them for getting a news article. And finally, another major land purchase is brewing with Adrian Cheng, CEO of Hong Kong real estate empire New World Development. They are purchasing one of the largest available plots of land in the sandbox. He says it will be developed into an innovation hub and to highlight business successes from startups in the Greater Bay Area. Greater Bay Area is a megaopolis in southern China. Such a great word. Megaopolis. Megalopolis? Megalopolis. Megalopolis. I've had too many Irish coffees. No disclosures yet on what the price of the sandbox parcel is, but I imagine it's going to be huge. And those are some of the top stories that we saw out of the metaverse this last few days. And on to today's main topic, branding and advertising in the metaverse. If you currently own a brand, what can you be doing to position yourself to be ready for what will be the next windfall of advertising dollars? Big brands are already rushing to be the first to market in some of these destination metaverses. This week, Ralph Lauren launched a fashion line and a playable experience for Roblox called the Ralph Lauren Winter Escape. This is similar to other Roblox playable partnerships from brands like NASCAR and DC Comics, where users could come in and drive around in cars or experience the Wonder World in Roblox fashion, all while getting the brand driven into their brains. For Ralph Lauren, you can run around in a snow-covered Roblox land But more importantly, you can acquire virtual wearable items for your avatars. They are dropping the first set of these this week and through the weekend. No notice on costs, but I'm sure they will be traded significantly on the secondary markets. Examples like these within Roblox require building an entire experience for players to enter and interact with, much like Snoop Dogg's Snoopverse in the Sandbox platform. So... How does brand marketing work in the metaverse? There are positives from the brand side and mostly negatives from the consumer side. Brands have a lot to gain by tapping into what likely will become a billion a year advertising opportunity, while consumers really only have a lot to lose in terms of ad targeting and brand canvassing that will drive a lot of the metaverse's visual spectrum. If you're a big brand that is used to spending the equivalent of a small nation's GDP on advertising, you're not going to have a hard time finding up-and-coming metaverse platforms willing to create specialized experiences catered 100% to your brand. But for more traditional online advertising, there's not a direct path currently like there is for search advertising through something like Google Ads. I'm sure Google is already working on how to insert search ads into the metaverse, but right now there is an opportunity to place digital billboards on platforms like Decentraland. This can be done by contracting pre-existing billboards through companies like NFT plazas. NFT plazas essentially own billboard space in different platforms like Decentraland. I jumped into Decentraland today to check out one of their billboard structures. It has a few ads running, but nothing too exciting to report back. I included a link to a screenshot in the episode notes if you want to see. If you don't want to purchase a pre-existing billboard space because there's not a lot of traffic, you can take a more labor-intensive process by actually visiting within the Metaverse platform you want to advertise in, finding a good location where there are people running around, contacting the developers of that specific land parcel, 
and directly requesting to add a billboard type ad to their space. That likely would be not as cost effective as a pre-existing billboard, but if you really want to get your brand seen in some eyeballs, that would probably be the best way to do it now. But that would also require a decent understanding of not only their platform, but also the traffic that the parcel you're interested in. And unlike traditional out-of-home billboard advertising, those agencies typically provide number of views per day on average. Like if the traffic is going down the freeway, they know a certain number of eyeballs are going to be seeing those billboards. You're not likely going to get that data from any one source within the metaverse so early on in the game. The other option that brands like Marriott are trying out is to create a series of NFTs that you hope your customers will not only want to acquire from you, but after acquiring them, they will then display those NFTs somewhere online, preferably within a metaverse space like an NFT gallery. The goal would be to create art that really promotes the brand identity as well that the owner would want to display for others to see. I don't really have a concept of what Marriott could create that would make a consumer want to use it and display it in their metaverse. Perhaps it's a piece of hotel art with the name Marriott on it. Uh, I'm really interested to see what they're doing and if anybody is really that interested. Fashion NFTs from brands will be the most desirable to start. Companies like Nike are already creating NFTs that are wearable items for certain metaverse platforms. This then becomes the exact same as real life, where the logo is carried around on your avatar and your avatar is a representation of your brand association. Beyond traditional sticking a logo on something and getting people to like it, another main way to get your brand out there is using social media influencers. Right now, they mostly promote on Instagram and Facebook but you can be guaranteed they're going to be entering the metaverse soon. There's already a massive industry of watching live video games on platforms like Twitch. When that expands into the VR or AR world, and those viewers can suddenly be in the same virtual room as their favorite influencer, interacting with branded clothing or artwork, those influencers are going to be able to greatly expand their reach and their sponsored brand's exposure. Influencers are going to be able to create events within the metaverse that the public can attend, not just have to sit behind their computer and watch them one-on-one play a game, but those viewers will be able to come into the space, be surrounded by the influencer, feel like they're participating, while all of the while being fed a brand message that some big agency has driven to them. Much like how Snoop Dogg is creating parties within his Snoopverse, really just promoting his own brand, Social influencers will be doing the same for all the other brands you can possibly imagine. I think the most explosive aspect of branding is going to be tied to the future of AR mapping the real world. With companies like Snap and Apple pursuing greatly improved AR glasses, it's going to open up immense opportunities to connect advertising and the metaverse. Imagine walking down the street with AR glasses. These glasses allow you to see everything in your normal field of vision but then overlay virtual aspects that are tied to specific geographic coordinates. Everything from the buildings around you to the people you interact with can be a canvas for digital advertising and branding. Yes, you're probably saying to yourself, that sounds horrible. Why would I want to walk through a virtual Times Square everywhere I go? And for the most part, I'd agree. Nobody wants a barrage of advertising everywhere they exist. But what we'll see is a normalizing of the ad experience because unlike now, When out-of-home advertising has no true metric to know if someone saw their billboard, 
AR advertisers will know if the ad was seen and exactly how many people saw it and for how long they looked at it, because we have to assume the AR glass companies will be able to measure eye movements. On top of that, a user will be able to interact with the ad directly, adding even more data to whether the ad, the ad space, or the frequency of the advertising works. All of this will drive the ad agencies and brand campaigns to be more effective through the data's use, as opposed to a cash grab of space. Of course, if you attend something like a sports event, I would imagine the visual overload of brand campaigns is going to be very high, because the venue holders know you are a captive audience, and they can just drive that brand message to you and advertising to you, and you're unlikely to leave. AR and VR advertising is still a long ways off. But once these platforms start to generate more people, we are going to see new metaverse ad agencies popping up with the ability to push your brand into a multitude of differing campaign opportunities. Of course, there are also drawbacks to all this. The antithesis is what type of intrusion will the big data mining brands and companies get access to when their target consumer is connected to a set of glasses or goggles that will likely be tracking their movements, their eye lines, or, and, their health through heart rate and other data collection. All of this data that is being collected, which would be plotted against your experience in the metaverse, would be cross-referenced against what you were seeing at the time and then could be sold to advertisers who want a certain type of person for each campaign target. At first, that seems similar to how advertising online works today, where ad platforms like Google track what you are searching for, what you are clicking on, what sites you visit, and then feed you ads and brands that you are more likely to be swayed by. The big difference is, ads in the metaverse could come from a large range of different places. Right now, we are usually well aware of a banner ad showing on a website or a YouTube video. But imagine being in a virtual world, or even an AR space, where a store could display a certain type of item to you based on your propensity to purchase it. Playing off the almost too human desire to impulse buy, And while that is not too nefarious, how would you respond to an avatar in a virtual space coming up to talk to you, knowing exactly what to say, how to engage with you in conversation? But you then learn, or maybe you never do, that in reality, that avatar is virtually driven algorithm designed to deliver advertising messages based off what data has been collected from your viewing and searching habits. You might have had an entire conversation with them, not even realizing it's an ad bot. This almost already exists with the advent of virtual influencers. Computer-modeled men, women, and characters that have a social media presence and fan following behind them. It's very easy to see these characters being ported straight into any type of metaverse platform and interacting with individuals armed with data on everyone who comes in contact with them. A lot of vulnerable people are going to be pulled into situations that split reality and are easily led to follow and adopt the messages being delivered by an advertiser. We assume there'll be regulation, but I can't see the government keeping up. As we've seen with prior data protection interventions, and Facebook has already been through this a few times and likely, as if anything, learned how to avoid it. But all these more nefarious implications of metaverse branding are far down the road, but they are 100% coming and likely already being worked on by the larger companies such as Facebook, Google, and Apple. The concept of the metaverse as a term seems to shift between what news article you're reading, what podcast you're listening to, what YouTube video you're watching. No one seems to be totally connected on what metaverse means entirely. I think it's worthwhile discussing again what the whole concept is. 
I had a listener write in that they were unclear if the metaverse was one thing or lots of things. Well, right now, it's truly a term that is being defined and redefined every day. Probably only a small percentage of people have ever even heard the term metaverse before, and it was only Facebook's name change that brought it to the masses. And any investment firm or business development company would know that if Facebook is making a move towards something new, they better at least get on the bandwagon, whether or not they knew what it was. The metaverse isn't one specific tangible thing. It's more like the term the internet. Meta, Facebook, or Roblox, or Decentraland, or the Sandbox, they're not the metaverse. They are metaverse platforms that in a way tie into the larger overarching metaverse. The metaverse is the entire encompassing collection of how we will navigate a world in a far more immersive manner, be it through glasses, through goggles. If anyone wants to be the metaverse, it will look very much like how the World Wide Web was started and envisioned as an open platform where anyone can build using a standard set of protocols and coding languages. So the user can navigate between shared instances seamlessly without having to swap hardware or software. Imagine going on a road trip and going to Disneyland and Universal Studios. The physical land that encompasses both Disneyland and Universal Studios, plus the land in between those two places, is what the metaverse is. Disneyland isn't really a metaverse. It's a destination in the metaverse. Think about the relationship of universe and metaverse. We understand this concept of the universe, all of space, planets, galaxies, everything. The metaverse is the same thing. The collection of all the destinations like the sandbox, Decentraland, and so forth. What people are not yet seeing is how all these destinations get connected and how a user can navigate between them, which is a concept of a decentralized metaverse, one where someone is going to create a network and browsing tool like a web browser, and the interface allows access to an interconnected system of metaverse destinations that will likely lead to something like Decentraland to end up like AOL entirely cut off from the internet and slowly left to dwindle and die. This was a very dense episode of Meta Hour in the Metaverse, and I think this is the perfect time to have a cup of coffee. And what better kind of coffee to have than an Irish Meta coffee? I love Irish coffees. There's just something nice about a strong cup of coffee and a little bit of whiskey kick. Personally, I don't drink strong coffee on its own normally. Um, I've moved very much to a light roasted, the third wave coffees, fruity. Um, I can't do the French roast anymore. But for the Irish coffee, a strong comfort flavored coffee works best. I've found that the secret ingredient is a brandy infused whipped cream that I put on top. Um, This actually came from an idea of uh, I was making an English dessert. I I can't even remember what it is at the top of my head, but I infused brandy into the whipped cream and laid that on top. It might have been a trifle, um, possibly trifle, but that's sherry. Anyway, the brandy whipped cream really makes a nice addition. But let's just get straight to it. You're going to want to start with four ounces of pretty decently strong black coffee. I found that making it in a French press, if you have an individual French press, even better, um, you get a really good full flavor. Don't use Starbucks beans, please. Don't use coffee bean beans. Go find an individual roaster that makes a a comfort blend. You're going to want to start with four ounces of black coffee. Then you're going to need two ounces of Jameson, 
one tablespoon brown sugar, whipping cream, some brandy, and that's it. To start with, you're going to want to dissolve your brown sugar into the Jameson. Add that tablespoon in, get a small whisk, and whisk it up until that sugar is completely dissolved. It will add a really nice uh, sweetness to this coffee. Then you're going to make your whipped cream. Serve out as much whipped cream as you're going to need for the number of people. Start whipping it and add in, to taste, a small amount of brandy. Don't add too much, otherwise your whipped cream will just be too wet. And you honestly want the whipped cream a little bit wetter because you want to pour it on top of the coffee. You don't want that thick, you know, Sunday consistency whipped cream. Warm up a mug or preferably one of those glass-handled Irish coffee mugs with some hot water. Dump that out. Add your coffee in. Pour in your fully dissolved brown sugar Jameson. And then float on top that nice, big, thick layer of whipped cream. If you want, you can dust a little cocoa or a little cinnamon on top for special effects. And there you have it, the Irish Meta Coffee. This is a really simple one. I recommend Jameson just because it's probably the most well-known Irish whiskey. You can choose whatever whiskey you like. Bourbon could work too, but I prefer to save the bourbon for the hot toddy, which we'll have on our show later. And that concludes another episode of Meta Hour in the Metaverse. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope you get to make that Irish Meta coffee for your next Meta Hour. We'll be back next week with more news to share and another cocktail to boot. Until then, I'm Ben Stanley, saying and wishing you cheers. Oh, and if you like our podcast, please review it. It can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Audible. And if you have any questions, you can email them to ask at themetahour.com. <laughs>